The Mix Room with Genelec. Today's podcast guest is Grammy-nominated mix and mastering engineer and owner of Chartmaker Studio just outside of Helsinki, Svante Forsback, who is joining Headliner today to talk about his career and mixing the latest Ramstein album in Dolby Atmos. So welcome along, Svante. Thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm great, thank you. We actually got some snow here today, so it's very winter now in Finland, and that's nice. Snow already? Is that unusual? No, it depends. Sometimes we get snow just before Christmas, and sometimes we get it early October, so it's it's kind of very so, but it's nice. It gets a bit more, more you know, it's... It's so dark without the snow, but it's really nice now. So <laughs> Yeah, it's getting really dark in the UK, but no snow to even make it look nice. It's just raining here. That's all we get. So that's how it is, isn't it? Oh dear. Is it true that it always rains in the UK? Yeah, it's very true, particularly recently. <laughs> a lot of rain. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. One of the joys of living here, what can I say? Um, <laughs> so you're obviously very busy. Uh, obviously, we were just saying off air, you just finished your, you said, album of the day. So I'm guessing by the sounds of that, the music industry is thriving in Finland at the moment then. Um, I think um, at least from my perspective, it's, it's, it's really good times. And there's a lot of work and, and there's a lot of great music being made and and what i really like now it's people really understand or they really appreciate more and more you know quality of music i think we had a few years here then that everybody was just doing everything very quick and didn't really care about the quality but i think that has really came back now that you really want your album or your track to really sound good and you really put some effort effort in the sounds also so i think that's a really good direction that we are going going in now so so that's great mm, well, it's certainly very encouraging isn't it and why do you think people suddenly care a lot more these days i think um i think um well that's I think the the level normalization you know on the streaming platforms forms mm-hmm. has really helped there also because uh, now you can't actually hide behind you know loud masters or over limited tracks because the the level normalization will, will anyway turn it down so so you can really when the tracks are played, you know, on, on like on a playlist, so you, you can really hear which tracks are, are are good mixes and and good masterings in a different way than than before. So so I think that that has also helped to to make people more more conscious about you know good good sound and, and good stereo image and, and depth in in the in the in the overall sound. So. Um, so I think that that's maybe one reason, but one other reason is also that I think a lot of albums these days now uh, more like a live uh, musicians are are being used and less programming. So I think that's also a good thing. So um, it, it's so I think people are, are kind of more playing together again. At least those projects I've been working with it's been 
maybe the, the joy of playing together has came back, I would say. So um, that's what I have noticed here from my, my chair, so to say. Mm, well, that's that's nice to hear. I wonder if some of that is because of everyone just being so alone and separate during COVID and now everyone wants to come together and create music together. I wonder if that would have something to do with it. Uh, probably, yes. And, and and I think also for me also because of the pandemic, I was doing a lot of work by myself and, and no customers really mm. attending. So So I think it's really nice to gone back to 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 the new normal here now also with people attending and 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 seeing seeing the customers again face to face so i think that's that's really really nice mm, absolutely and um given what you said about people appreciating the quality of um sound and music maybe more than they used to ironically obviously spotify is the the main platform and we know this compresses audio right so what's your view on that given that you spe- specialize in um mastering and mixing what does that do to um a track from your perspective in terms of um taking away some of the finer qualities of it uh, I think um, Spotify now, especially if you listen to 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 you know have the best best quality or premium. If you're a premium subscriber, then you have the the premium quality. I think it's 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 not bad at all. I think it sounds sounds okay, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> the degradation, especially if it's a good master, I think it's. <clears throat> I think for the moment it's nothing to to worry about mm. because it's it's it actually doesn't change the d- dynamics or it doesn't uh, limit or compress. So I think it's 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 not a problem anymore. I think. And but what we tend to do almost uh, automatically is that uh, we tend to compensate a little bit for mm. for the loss of some highs and some resolution in the in the, the high frequencies uh, already at the mastering stage because there's there's a small degradation uh, when it's played on Spotify it gets a bit more dull and, and a bit a bit darker and you lose a little stereo image but but I don't think it's a, it's a it's a big concern anymore so it's Okay, and it's interesting that you plan ahead for that anyway, so you're sort of getting around it before it even gets to that problem, which is um, interesting. I suppose that's a good way to work, isn't it? Um, to uh, yeah, yeah. Let's say if, if I have done two masters and the the uh, the other one is wider than than the other, then I usually choose the wider one because I know it's going to get a bit more narrow than when played, for example, on Spotify. So mm-hmm. so. Okay. And then um, when we, if we take it back to the beginning of your career before you even perhaps um, thought about becoming a mix and mastering engineer, when did your interest in this kind of a job start? Where did it start for you? I think it was already in my early, early 20s. Mm-hmm. I was like many other engineers, was playing in a band and, and somebody has to take care of the the mixing in the band and all the technique techniques and um, and uh, I think that's how it's actually started and uh, I really got interested in in how we as a band sounded and how, and how we could sound better and uh, and then I got actually lucky I was hired one summer as a head to a studio to to transfer analog tapes to, 
to to hard hard disk so you know to do digital transfer so that's actually how my first contact with with kind of mastering was to transfer those analog tapes to to, to digital and and also we did some restoration and, and some enhancement of the of the tracks at the same time so so uh, i was a bit kind of lucky there to to get that studio contact at, at a very early 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 stage mm, but uh, yeah. but after that uh, i really wanted to be a, like a mixing engineer and a producer so i i, I went to school to uh, to sweden actually because my my mother language is, is actually swedish so um, i went there to 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 school and and um, and learn a lot more about recording and and mixing and but then I came back again to Finland and then I also did some live live mixing and and I also worked ten years at the Swedish theater in Finland with like um, like musical designing sound designer for mm-hmm. for musical so that was really really fun also so i kind of tried all the different areas of audio production and and then come to a conclusion that there's really a really a gap there for for a good mastering company or or a good mastering engineer a gap in the market so to say so um so that, that then i decided that maybe it's the wisest to, to just go go for for one thing and that then became mastering so and right. um okay so you've specialized in mastering since around was it the year 2000 uh yes since year 2000 i have done it like every day but uh i kind of started a few years before for that but but since that yeah kind of year 2000 i decided to do only mastering mm-hmm. and it's uh it's a long time ago, but it's still I really enjoy it, and it's still very. It's actually fun. <laughs> it's mm. like a, it's like it's like a hobby. So it's uh, that's it's, nice it's that you really get to do nice. what you love. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's really weird that you can say that after like twenty twenty five years of mastering. So it's uh, definitely well, it's really it's yeah, it's it's really enjoyable. So. Um, and given that you've been doing it for a while, then has anything much changed about the job for you um, in the in the time since you know, let's say since two thousand? Has has uh, have the techniques changed? That's it's a real that's a really good question because I just talked about that with a colleague last week, and and it's really interesting that we actually a lot of the gear that I still have is you know it's it's over twenty years old and and it still sounds really good and it. it hasn't like um it hasn't any like new the gear is still good and, and there hasn't been any like new products or or like um, better products hasn't mm. really came out especially on the analog side and um so i have to say the work is quite the same actually it's been for the last 20 years we're still you know still searching for the same things like wide nice stereo image and depth in the music and and uh, and a good 
good sound sound spectra or, or sound picture. So so it's it's um, has to actually changed that much. Of course, we buy gear and we sell and then we buy the same gear back again after a few years. So it's it's actually like going in circle. Mm. Also because the, it ain't c- c- coming out so much new analog gear and, anymore. So so um. But the gear that we have and, and is already out there it is really good. So 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 I have to say it's um, <clears throat> it's quite the same actually. And um, of course some new formats and, and uh, the with the level, volume normalizing it's been some changes. But um, but basically a good master is still a good master. Mm mother at, at which level it is so. okay well that's interesting that it's not changed too much when so many other roles in this industry have but um you said it's like a hobby then so what is it that you love about the process is it quite um is it quite a satisfying process in the um recording chain would you say yeah i think it's it's the best <laughs> it's, it's it's you know it's the best stage of, of a music production because um uh as we all know, it, it takes ages to, to to make an album from from scratch with all the you know making the actual music and then recording, mixing, producing, re-recording and remixing and and uh, so it it really takes a long time and I think with mastering, that's a good thing about it. You actually an album takes a day and then you you and the clients listen to it and then you make some changes here and there but then it's basically done so you actually get like uh, one new artist or one new album every day so uh, that's what i really like about it that you you get to hear so much new music and and, and meet so so many interesting people in in a quite short time so so that's in my opinion the best with with mastering and um and also, people people kind of know what mastering is, but but a lot of in the industry also doesn't really actually know what you can do at, and and what actually happens in in, in mastering. So mm. I think um, that also kind of leaves you a bit more, you know, room to do stuff, and, and you can make more you know own own decisions of course i listen what the clients want but but it's kind of easier easier workflow to you kind of do all your decisions by yourself and then you present to the band or or artist or producer and 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 that's something yeah but of course if they don't like it you do it again and Mm -hmm. uh, try a different different approach and and, uh, it's it's not always that easy but uh, but uh, for the most of the time it's 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 they, they they do like my my suggestions how how it should sound well that's that's a relief and um another mastering engineer we spoke to you said that the he said the goal isn't necessarily to make anything sound different and that's the part that people find hardest to understand about mastering um would you agree with that yeah i think that's 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 the hardest thing in mastering i think it's um and that's what what but a lot of new 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 mastering engineers do wrong that they, they tend to to do way too much changes to the mixes and the hardest thing is to know when you shouldn't do anything 
And it takes some guts to kind of send back a master file, which sounds almost exactly the same as the mix. But then you just have to to tell them that this is my opinion, that I, I don't really want to change this, maybe the level a little bit and some really small touches here and there. But but that but that that's really it's really hard to know when you're done or or as I said to know when you shouldn't really really do anything so um and and especially with some bigger bands and 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 major mixing engineers it's you really have to listen carefully to the mixes and 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 analyze what they're looking for and and also think that do they really want me to change that base even if they left a lot of low end so so um then you really have to think twice and 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 maybe maybe think that uh, it, it's supposed to be like like that because if you have a producer or a mixer is working really hard to make a really solid and, and big huge low end and then then you really have to really understand to also leave that really huge nice low end and not cut it away just because of the Maybe your meter said that says that it's way too much low wind. Mm. So, uh, but that's something that also gets easier when you work with the same producer for for many years. Then you learn the sound and you kind of learn what they like and the amount of bass and and um, which type of high end they like. And uh, because there's kind of a lot of there is different kind of high end or treble. You know, some like, you know, really solid state high and that it's really kind of clinical and tight. And some other producers like a really tuby, really a, a bit smeary, tapish high end. So, so um, the first track or the first album with a new producer or mixing engineer is usually the hardest. But after that, you kind of store they their preferences in somewhere in your in your sound bank and then when the next album comes you kind of remember what they what they did like so that makes it easier than going from scratch yeah that makes sense because you built up the relationship um so i wanted to ask you as well you have a dolby atmos studio now don't you so when did you make the upgrade to atmos uh, i did that actually uh, like one and a half year ago, I think. Yeah, around around those time, yeah. And um, because I was getting a lot of, you know, questions and and um, about Dolby Atmos and and people wa- wanting to do that. So um, then I thought, uh, thought it's a really cool format, and and that kind of maybe the biggest thing that happened to to our job in the past few years that's and it's always nice when something of course changes in a good way and and uh, we always love to do surround and uh, and are really glad that that there is a way now to actually stream surround also to stream Dolby Atmos because mm-hmm. that has always been the problems in the past but we we love to do 5.1 and 7.1 DVDs and Blu-rays, but but it's always kind of been 
stuck in the in with the formats and the the Blu-ray and the DVD and and no real possibilities to actually stream stream those surround formats. So and uh, and then also uh, uh, Rammstein newest album was go- going to be was was made in Atmos. Mm-hmm. So 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 that was like a, a really like a. A deal breaker for me also to get Atmos because um, if if um, if Rammstein wants to do Atmos, of course, I was very interested to doing that also. Mm. And um, and my part there was not only uh, master it; I, I actually did also the the Atmos mixes from from stems. I see. And how does um, Dolby Atmos? Differing differ the uh, you know the mastering process if at all does it change anything for you in terms of how you approach it? Yeah, it's um, it's like a it's it's totally different because Atmos with Atmos you can't actually use uh, the basic tools and the basic uh, the basic principles that we always use in mastering because in Atmos you don't have the the two-channel master bus that we we do all the processing with uh, with Atmos. It's uh, one Atmos master can be like twenty channels or fifty channels or hundred channels because of the the objects. So uh, so there we really have had to find new techniques to how how do we process so many channels at the same time because. Uh, and also, a lot of the the sound, the good stuff coming out from a normal stereo mastering is when you push your analog chain and and you drive your your gear quite hot, and then when you combine all your gear in the end, you get this really nice glue and um, and and some small distortion which sounds really analog and really soft and nice, but but um, that you can't actually do with Atmos because of of the for, format. So so um, so I think it, it's it's really is really good also for for mixing engineers and master engineers to to because we ha- had to find new ways of of making it sound sound good, and, uh, and then it's also Atmos has kind of a, a tight uh, a level specification for example when you deliver atmos uh, the atmos master has to be minus 18 uh, lufs and that's uh, pretty low compared to to normal stereo masters that are usually around 10 db louder so um and and if you send a master to apple for example which is louder it will be rejected so so there, there's actually no way you can't really cheat this mm. normal, this uh, level normalization, which I think it's really good actually because that's it makes music very breathy and very dynamic in a good way. So, uh, so it's it has been quite new for us all, and uh, and it's uh, it's but it's still a learning process for 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 everybody, I think, and. Uh, but I'm really glad that the the form format came and um, 
and we and we have a and we have platforms to really stream it also mm. and how much would you say of your work is now based in Dolby Atmos um compared to just you know mono are you doing about half and half or not quite that far so yet not quite yet it's quite. maybe i think it may be uh, maybe one week or maybe one or two days of five is mm-hmm. is atmos related and uh, but then there can be a week when it's only atmos and then there can be a week when there is no atmos so it's kind of it kind of varies still so i think it, it hasn't really take off here in finland yet so um i made a few albums here but but it's it's still you know it's happening but it's happening a bit slowly here at the moment and maybe in other parts of, of the world but um, well it's bound to catch up though at some point isn't it yeah i think so and and what's what's different now with this format is that in the past usually it was the music creators who wanted to do different format like surround 5.1 and 7.1 but in this case uh, it's actually the record company who is asking for atmos master so i think that could be a really important point and that the labels want the atmos mm. form format kind of forces the artist to do, to do them so i think that's that's a that's a good thing yeah that'll be a big driving force i would imagine um coming up so um you mentioned Ramstein earlier so I know you mastered you said their new album in Dolby Atmos and you also remastered their entire catalogue so no small feat there but uh, one one project at a time so the new album so how did you approach the Atmos mix and mastering process for this where do you build from in terms of shaping the immersive experience on this record um it wasn't that easy easy actually because um, <laughs> no, i didn't think so <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, you know uh, rammstein it's a very like uh, uh, it works very well in stereo because of the you really need the glue and the the punch and, and mm. the that everything is really tight in together so so when you kind of tearing that apart and and, and doing some surround of that it's it's it, it's not easy to 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 you know to keep keep the 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 good things in stereo but then add some immersive surround to it at the same time so so it, it took a while for, for for me to to really to, to get it to work and um, but uh, of course i ha- i had to keep you know uh, the basic drums uh, bass uh, guitar walls like from the front and then uh, but then you could really do some nice flavor with some extra guitars and, and keyboards and, and choirs and stuff like that from from the the surround channels. So um, so, but I think it it turns out really well. It it, it still sounds like Ramstein, but just bigger and and of course with with that band, the bigger is always is always better. So. Um, Yes, absolutely. They've got a very distinct sound, haven't they? They're renowned for being one of the first bands to emerge within the um, the NDH genre. So it's sort of part rock, metal, part electronic, isn't it? So would you say the new album is the typical Ramstein sound? Uh, 
yeah, yeah. The, the maybe the typical Ramstein for for many people, do hastis is like the really typical Ramstein mm. sound, and, and but of course it has gotten more modern and, and uh, which is of course a good thing also. But um, but I think it's it's quite typical, and and uh, and I also I think also their last album from two thousand nine is a, is a really good good sounding album also mm. so um but it's interesting you uh, <clears throat> you know uh, atmos is usually not if you talk about that industrial heavy metal it's maybe not that you think would be really great for atmos but uh, i think it, it's it turns out turned out really well and uh, and the interesting thing with this project was that they actually uh, did this um, uh, screening in the in movie theaters all around the world one day before the album was released, and they actually they call it the Rammstein Zeit, the Dolby Atmos Experience. Mm-hmm. So that was the name of the the, the screening. So uh, they sold tickets all, all around the world, and, and um, the idea was then to play the album from. From the beginning to the end in, in Dolby Atmos uh, at the movie theater. So I think that was a really brilliant idea to to take use of of mm. the, the the Atmos format to, to actually present it on, on in movie theaters. So uh, yeah, and a great and way to show it to people that can't normally experience it as well. Exactly, yeah, because uh, there's not not a lot of people who actually has like thirteen speakers at home. So so. Um, <laughs> And a, and a good way to really show people what Atmos can do for for music and 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 in those big movie theaters, it's I think it it, it worked very 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 well. So, so. Mm, I can imagine. Um, all right, so let's talk a bit about your studio. So before we get into the tech, you've got a golf simulator in there. That's very unusual. So how did that end up being in the studio? Uh, you know, it's it's music and it's golf. And <laughs> those two, you can, <laughs> that's everything you need. <laughs> now I'm I'm a crazy golfer, so so it's it's. I think golf for me is is the only and the best way to really to get get away from 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 the music, mm. from the work, and because that on the golf course, that's the only place you actually you don't actually hear music, and and you don't have to think about compression and, and limiting and stuff like that so <laughs> so yeah so for me it's a it's a really nice nice way to to, to get away sometimes and, uh, and of course we have a winter and snow here so then you need somewhere to practice and then it i thought it was easier to to have it here it's actually at home my studio and everything is at home so so um so I have the studio. It's a part of my my house, and and uh, everything is is very close by. So so that has worked really nice for me. Mm, well, that's good. Um, so obviously the kit is extremely important of all aspects, but mastering, of course. So you've got Genlec, haven't you? So what what monitors have you got in your studio? Yes, I have. Um, I have the ones eight three three ones A actually, and. Um, and um, I think it's um, it's a really good sounding speaker actually, and um, 
I never used, I know, of course, Genelec because they're from Finland, but I actually have never never used them before in, in, in my mastering works. Work. So, um, so um, but I thought in this case, with the with their GML software to really to get all the the delays and, and the face stuff uh, really with the DSP, I think it it turns out really well and it makes life so much easier to 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 have the GML software taking care of all of that. Although I I really like I think DSP. Uh, auto tuning is a is a really good thing, but um, but I mainly use that for for getting the the distance and the, the faces right, and then I actually like to do do the a lot of the calibration manually also. Okay, I I also do do it like the auto calibration, and and then I do a separate like preset for for a manual calibration because. Um, I think sometimes uh, auto calibration tends to do a bit too much. So, so, um, but uh, I think it's it's really it's really great speaker speakers for 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 doing Atmos. So, um, so it's um, fantastic. It's been really. What is it about the ones that help your um, Atmos work in particular? I think the ones they have really like um, the. Very okay. Transparent is, is a word that is very used for, mm-hmm. but they, I think they are really transparent and also in in the low mids and not only in the highs and and, uh, and very very revealing also and and um, and the stereo image is, is something that I think that change change with the ones that that I haven't heard in Genelics before. Something they did. With the with the treble and the mids, they kind of blends together in a much nicer way now than than I did before. So, uh, but as I told you, I'm not that familiar with previous model, but but in this case, it felt much more right just from the, from the beginning. So. Mm, that's great. That's what you need, isn't it? And um, what about what have you got coming up in terms of any projects? Maybe the rest of this year, or are you taking some time off because we're getting into December now, aren't we? Or have you got anything for next year that you are excited about that you're allowed to share? <laughs> it, um, there is uh, there is some Atmos projects coming, but but um, but I have some strict strict Secret rules. Projects. Not <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, these days, uh, a lot of bands and record companies they are quite strict, man. Not talking about projects until they they announce them themselves. So I have to be a little careful. But uh, but there are some really interesting both stereo and atmos projects coming up. So so um, I think it's um, it's going to be a, some really nice releases next year that you're going to hear about. So. Uh, Okay, I like really that. Keep us intrigued, you know. Don't give it away. More importantly, don't break any Abs- NDAs. We wouldn't want that. So. <laughs> um, thank yeah, you. yeah. I have to be careful about those. <laughs> of course, of course. We don't want to get you in trouble. Um, all right. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been so fascinating he- to hear about your career and the mastering process and your recent work in Atmos. So um, we will look out for whatever 
top secret projects you maybe release next year. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Very nice talking to you. Okay. All right. Thank you very much and have a wonderful evening. Hey, you too. All right. Thank you. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.